You're listening to the St. John's Diamond Creek Podcast. This episode presented by Associate Minister Joel Snibson. I'd like to read you your Bible reading now. And today, your Bible reading comes from Hebrews chapter 10, verses 1 to 18. The law is only a shadow of the good things that are coming, not the realities themselves. For this reason, it can never, by the same sacrifices repeated endlessly year after year, make perfect those who draw near to worship. Otherwise, would they not have stopped being offered? For the worshippers could have been cleansed once for all and would no longer have felt guilty for their sins. But those sacrifices are an annual reminder of sins. It is impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins. Therefore, when Christ came into the world, he said, Sacrifice and offering you did not desire, but a body you prepared for me, with burnt offerings and sin offerings you are not pleased. Then he said, Here I am. It is written about me in the scroll. I have come to do your will, my God. First, he said, sacrifices and offerings, burnt offerings and sin offerings, you do not desire. You are not pleased with them, though they were offered in accordance with the law. Then he said, here I am. I have come to do your will. He sets aside the first to establish the second. And by that will, we have been made holy through the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. Day after day. Every priest stands and performs his religious duties again and again. He offers the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. But when this priest has offered for all time one sacrifice for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God, and since that time he waits for his enemies to be made his footstool. For by one sacrifice he made perfect forever those who are being made holy. The Holy Spirit also testifies to us about this. First, he says, This is the covenant I will make with them. After that time, says the Lord, I will put my laws in their hearts and I will write them on their minds. Then he adds, Their sins and lawless acts I will remember no more. And where these have been forgiven, sacrifice for sin is no longer necessary. Hear the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, sometimes we face problems in life where we must choose between a short-term fix and a permanent solution. I used to go to the gym with one of my good friends, and one evening we trained together like usual, but this time he didn't look well and his heart was racing and he actually had to lie down and he said something isn't right. After seeing a cardiologist, it turned out he had a serious heart issue. His heart had a hole in it and also the valve didn't pump blood around his body properly. So he had a choice to either do the minor keyhole surgery that would keep symptoms at bay for a while but wouldn't solve the issue, a short-term fix. The other option was to have major open heart surgery. And while this came with all the serious risks of major surgery and it was complicated because it was in a hard-to-reach location, It could fix the problem completely. Well, today we continue in our Advent series called Waiting For. And from 
Hebrews chapter 10, we are waiting for a priest. In Hebrews, the people were converts from Judaism and were being persecuted for their faith. So they were being tempted to give up on Jesus and go back to being Jewish because life would just be easier. And the writer argues that this short-term fix wouldn't work in dealing with sin and guilt in their daily lives and compares the Old Testament priests with Jesus, their better priest. Well, last week in Waiting for a Prophet, Tim shared about how God's people were afraid because unlike us, God is holy and perfect and he can't be in the presence of sin. So Moses goes up the mountain and God gives them the law on tablets of stone, showing God's people how to live. They needed a mediator, the prophet, coming down to bring God's word to them. God gives the law because he desires relationship with his people. But there was still this massive problem of sin. How could they come up to their God? They also needed a mediator to deal with sin and to get to God's presence. So we live in a culture where we define what is right. So it's according to our standards, we think, well, I'm not perfect, but overall, I'm a good person. Well, once I was applying for a passport and I was really thorough with every detail, yet because my signature slightly just went outside the box, I was disqualified. Maybe in life, you've had moments crossing the line in some way. You've been selfish or hurtful, and you can't shake the guilt of feeling disqualified from being a good person, well, in that moment anyway. Whether we are aware of it or not, our problem of sin and guilt separates us from our holy God, and we desperately need a mediator to deal with it. Back to my friend, well, despite all the risks, he ended up deciding on the permanent fix of the open heart surgery. So on the day of the surgery, understandably, he was nervous. But what was most important to him in that moment was, were the surgeons qualified for the job? His life was completely in their hands. Seeing the law has been given, God graciously made a way for sinful people to enter his presence. And the priests were the qualified people to deal with their sin and guilt. The priest did this by sacrificing bulls and goats and other animals on behalf of the people, bringing them into God's holy presence. And in Leviticus, you can read more about the different sacrifices in detail. The problem with the sacrifices is it was a short-term fix. Firstly, the sacrifices were never-ending, verse 11. Day after day, every priest stands and performs his religious duties. Again and again, he offers the same sacrifice, which can never take away sins. These sacrifices were every single day. And also, there's a special day each year called the Day of Atonement, where the high priest would enter the Holy of Holies in the tent with the blood of bulls and goats and make a yearly atonement for sins on behalf of the people. Try and picture yourself there. The priest's job was relentless, non-stop. 
This was a Nana's Easter roast. It was an industrial scale production line of blood and slaughter. There was so much animal death, it would not be permitted today. But as the priest did the sacrifice for them, they would emerge confident that their sins had been forgiven, well, just for a moment anyway. As soon as the priest had finished offering for sin, on their way out, someone would steal a goat, mistreat their servant, be harsh to their wife, ignore the poor, and their relationship with their holy God was broken once more. Earlier in Hebrews 5 to 8, the writer also describes the problems with the priests. Firstly, they kept on dying off. And also they contributed to the problem they also sinned. So the high priest would sacrifice an animal for his own sins before he could get into the holy of holies and make a sacrifice for everybody else. And while the sacrifices showed how much God wanted relationship with his people and how big the problem of sin and guilt is, the people continued to sin. So the more sacrifices needed each day. If you've had a medical issue and you constantly needed to have surgeries, you might start to think, I need a more permanent solution. In verse 1 describes the sacrifices like this. The law is only a shadow of the good things that are coming, not the realities themselves. I have a cat and he is full of energy and on sunny days he jumps around chasing my shadows. It's cute, but he ends up frustrated because shadows are not the real objects. Shadows are an outline of the permanent thing. Well, likewise, these sacrifices were a shadow of the better reality to come. They were meant to be a short-term fix. So these sacrifices showed the huge problem of sin and guilt. It's so pervasive, it distorts our character and our daily choices. It's the reason we're hypocritical, inconsistent between our values and our actions. So much of our lives' efforts are spent on quick fixes, hiding or compensating for our sin, whether anger or greed or lust, which tarnish our relationships and our happiness. And the guilt and shame lingers through painful memories we just want erased. The problem runs deep all the way to our hearts and we need a lasting solution. Verse 4, it is impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins. See, all the rituals didn't bring complete and lasting forgiveness. It didn't deal with the guilt and shame. It didn't stop their instincts to do wrong all over again. I worked in aviation and at one stage my role was to investigate minor safety incidents which occurred in the aircraft cabin. If an incident occurred regularly, the problem sometimes was the operating procedures. The system needed reviewing. For example, if crew felt too pressured to depart on time, they rushed over their equipment checks. Maybe too pressured to serve food when it was too turbulent, injuries could happen. Sometimes our investigations fed back into changing the procedures. And when they changed, certain incidents stopped happening or less frequent, fixing the problem at the root. 
or back to our passage in verses 6 and 8, quotes Psalm 40, where God does not desire nor pleased with all their sacrifices. Hang on, didn't God come up with this whole system? Whereas the priest made the sacrifices, their forgiveness and right relationship with God was meant to flow from the tabernacle to their daily lives. But these external sacrifices failed to change their hearts and lives. The sacrifices didn't change people's hearts. So every day they watched the priest do the sacrifice, ticking the box with God. Meanwhile, they lived no differently than before, worshipping other gods, oppressing the poor, disobeying God. Their worship that was outside in doesn't work. Their religion didn't change their lives and God was scathing. See, these sacrifices didn't deal with the root cause of the problem, their hearts. They needed a more permanent solution leading to worship from the inside out to the rest of their lives. Maybe you're feeling guilt or shame about something last night. Maybe your partner triggered you in some way and reacted with hurtful things that were said and you know that you deeply wounded them. It wasn't resolved and the hurt clearly remains in the silence in the car ride today. Maybe last night your friends were busy and you're feeling a bit lonely. Or you're with your boyfriend and girlfriend and you're scrolling or viewing went to places it shouldn't and you cross lines. Maybe it's happening more and more. Maybe with Christmas coming and the costs of living rising and you've started ignoring those internal prompts to be generous. Instead of helping that person you know that is in need, you are more focused on your security right now. When we know we haven't pleased God, what do we do with our guilt? Sometimes we turn to short-term fixes. In the TV show, The Good Place, the main character, Eleanor, dies in this freak accident and wakes up in the afterlife having no idea where she is and she tries to figure out if she's made it to the good place. In her life, well, she drank a bit too much and was pretty selfish and inconsiderate of others. She wasn't an outright criminal, but she was worried. So she discovered to get into the good place was based on a point system where your good deeds had to outnumber your bad deeds. See, sometimes we respond to our guilt and shame with this mentality. We channel our guilt into doing more, whether serving more at church or reading the Bible more or donating more to the pantry, which are all good things. God is not pleased with outward ritual if it doesn't come from a changed heart. We can't outrun our sin. In the Old Covenant, only took one selfish or careless act to exclude the most pious person from God's holy presence. We simply can't make up for our guilt. Another short-term fix is that we hide from God. Maybe we just enjoy our sin too much. Despite all the negative impacts on ourselves and others, maybe it's a character issue that's too confronting So we foolishly just put our heads in the sand, but there's that nagging guilt. So we desperately hide these things from others, fearful of being exposed. Or do we just justify our sin by deflecting responsibility? 
Well, another fix that doesn't work is just staying consumed by guilt. Maybe you become overwhelmed by your brokenness or a past sin, shame of failure. And instead of looking to Jesus, you despairingly look within and have been defined by this thing. Short-term fixes don't work. We need a better priest. The good news is that Jesus is the better priest who offers us a lasting solution. Maybe you've worked on a big work project and after months of planning and stress of deadlines and all the extra hours, you finally achieve your goal and it's accomplished. It's done. Hopefully you savor the moment and you put your feet up and celebrate with the team, maybe popping some bubbles. When verses 11 to 14, the writer contrasts the Old Testament priests with Jesus as the priest. Firstly, we see that Jesus offers one perfect sacrifice. Notice in verse 11, every priest stands doing their never-ending sacrifices. But after Jesus offered for all time one sacrifice for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God. Jesus has done his job. He's in heaven celebrating a job well done. In verse 13, Jesus has his feet up. His footstool is our defeated enemy. The job is finished, complete, done. Christianity is different from all the other religions and our culture in this one way. To be approved by God, other religions say, do more, strive, try harder. Yet through the cross, Jesus, our priest, simply says, it's done. In verse 10, Jesus is the better priest because he sacrificed his own body. God offers us so much more than bulls and goats, but his only son. Jesus, our priest, sacrificed himself, shedding his blood on the cross to redeem us from a life of guilt and sin. Don't miss how costly this sacrifice was. You see the contrast in the table on the screen. While the Old Testament priests contributed to the problem of sin, in verses 7 and 9, only Jesus was the perfect priest who actually does God's will. In the Old Testament, to be a priest, you had to come from a certain family line, the line of Aaron, and they kept dying off and needed replacing but in Hebrews 7, we learn that Jesus is the eternal priest who rises again and defeats death. While the priest's many sacrifices in the tabernacle could only temporarily bring sinful people into God's holy presence, Jesus' one sacrifice permanently brings us into God's holy of holies in his presence. Verse 12, Jesus sits at the right hand of God reconciling us to God, giving us permanent, unrestricted relationship with God. In John, as Jesus sacrificed himself on the cross, his last words, it is finished. No more sacrifices were needed. And at the temple where the sacrifices were made, the curtain was torn from top to bottom. Jesus' sacrifice opening up a permanent way of relationship with God. And while the priest's many sacrifices in verse 11 can never take away the sins, 
with Jesus, the better priest, in verse 14, one sacrifice has made perfect forever those who are being made holy. Jesus completely dealt with sin and guilt. You might think I follow Jesus and I'm certainly not perfect. Well, in the rest of verse 14, we see it's a process of being made holy. We're only going to be perfect on that day when we see Jesus face to face. But the point is, through Jesus' sacrifice, we have a new position before God. We are now permanently forgiven. God now sees us through Jesus' perfection. We are guilt-free. So moments when we sin, this doesn't please God and we should repent and turn back to him. But this doesn't remove us from relationship with God as it did in the Old Testament. Jesus' blood has covered our guilt and shame, past, present and future. So all the sacrifices didn't have the power to change the people's hearts. So they kept on going back to the same old sins. But Jesus deals with the root cause of the problem, our hearts. In verses 15 to 18, the writer quotes Jeremiah 33 from the Old Testament, who prophesies about a new way of worship. The laws requiring sacrifices were written externally on tablets of stone. But now through the power of the Holy Spirit, God's ways are now written internally on human hearts. Worship that is now from the inside out, overflowing to our daily lives. Jesus offers us a better, permanent solution. Because of Jesus' sacrifice 2,000 years ago, in verse 14, it says that we're being made holy. So we are not left in our same old sins. But with the Holy Spirit, we are in the process of being transformed now. And this permanent solution works. Because any holiness that we have isn't based on our work, but in Jesus' completed work. So it's something that's being done to our hearts. And we receive this new power to be like Jesus. So as my friend went under the knife for the epic 14-hour open heart surgery, there was 14 surgeons who worked on him. By God's grace, it was success. There were surgeons reconstructed his heart. It was a permanent fix. Obviously, my friend didn't contribute anyway. He just lay there on the table. But it didn't end there. Afterwards, he faced a rigorous rehab program with physios and occupational therapists, with regular exercises to recover from the open heart surgery. Sure, he didn't feel like getting out of bed to do rehab. It was a choice that strengthened his new heart and he became fitter and stronger than before. And as my friend cooperated with the surgeon's finished work, we too are to unswervingly keep trusting Jesus, our better priest. However, we feel guilt and shame in those areas of our character that still need transformation. Hebrews 10 encourages us to keep trusting our high priest who has done it all. And we don't persevere alone, but belonging to accountable community like life groups, where because Jesus has taken all our guilt and shame, we can be honest about our sin and those short-term fixes that we go to. We can encourage each other to trust Jesus, living new lives of love and good. Thanks for joining us. 
If you'd like to subscribe to this podcast, you can do so in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Just search for St. John's Diamond Creek.